All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a May 31st edition of the Daily Faceoff Show, the final day of May. And we are here to recap the final day of round two of the playoffs, which was, Mike, a wildly unpredictable second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. When you look at not just who won the series, but how quick some of those series ended. Yeah, I'm not sure that we really expected to see Edmonton get out of Calgary in five games, but here we are. And then looking at the Eastern Conference, the full sweep by Tampa, Florida, surprising. I would have expected that to go out, have gone at least five or six and gone either direction. So, Tyler, who knows what we're going to face here in the second round, but we are down to the nitty gritty. Four teams left and plenty of excitement heading into this first game tonight. Yeah, if you would have probably asked a lot of people which series in the second round in the East would end in a sweep, a lot of people probably would have said, oh, Carolina will sweep away the Rangers. Not the case. That series goes the distance. Let's recap what we saw in Game 7 last night, throwing two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. It was the Rangers coming out on top, and it was their big guns carrying them to victory. Chris Kreider is now up to 15 career goals in elimination games. Igor Shesterkin stops 37 pucks in the winning effort as well. You look at Mika Zibanejad, three apples on the game. Uh, game 7s are weird, Mike, you know? You never know those little moments throughout a game that are really going to flip things on their head. And for the Rangers, it was getting some timely saves early from Shesterkin. And then you get a couple of bounces to go your way. You find the back of the net and all of a sudden you're sitting there 10, 15 minutes in the game going, holy smokes, we're in the driver's seat. And they never looked back. They didn't. And Carolina had a lot to do with this in giving the Rangers momentum. 
the, the Rangers scored two power play goals in the first 10 minutes. And the key part of this for me, though, is that even though after the Rangers scored their first power play goal uh, that Fox scores, Caroline had an opportunity on the power play and they couldn't cash in on it. That goes by the wayside. And I thought that was a critical moment. And then the Rangers go and score a second power play goal. Kreider buries that deflection from Zabana Jad. And I mean, five seconds later off the faceoff, Shashirkin made a massive save. Svechnikov to Teravainen right in the slot. I'm out of my recliner in the living room watching it. <laughs> Kept the game at 2 nothing, and that was it for me. It was over from there. And I think you also look at the fact that Truba knocked Seth Jarvis out of the game with a massive yeah. hit. And all of that occurred in the first period. And I think it took all the wind out of the sails. Uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes, it got exacerbated when Antiranta once again is injured and Kachachikov comes into the game. He's not up to the task. So uh, you can look at this in different ways. Did the Rangers win it? Yeah, they did things well. They they executed on the power play. They got big saves. But Carolina also had some really poor defensive showings, Tyler. I mean, Slavin was minus three, Ajo minus two, Niederreiter minus three, D'Angelo minus three. Like Those are your best players, and they're matched up against New York's who have that strong of a game. It's not going to be a winning combination. Yeah, it's interesting in this second round to see just how often star power has been carrying teams to victories. And you look at Carolina, a guy like Sebastian Ajo, he didn't score a goal on the road in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then you look on the other side there and what we've been flashing up with the Rangers, where Mika Zibanejad is having a tremendous playoffs. Chris Kreider comes through with a couple of big goals and then obviously the star power between the pipes for the Rangers. Igor Shesterkin in the four wins against Carolina, 43-30, That's how many saves he made in those wins we're going to have more on the goaltending in just a second here with another edition of the blue paint coming up but now the rangers shift their focus to a series against the two-time defending stanley cup champions trying to do what no one's been able to do the last couple of years and that's beat the rain or beat the lightning in a best of seven the rangers went three and oh against tampa during the regular season but i'm sure the lightning would sit there and say crumple up what happened in the regular season throw it out it doesn't matter the rangers might sit there and go no no it, it shows we can play with these guys What's your initial read on this series, Mike? And do you give the Rangers much of a shot? Well, I think the Rangers have a chance if they win game one and two of the series. To me, that has to happen because you're looking at a scenario where the Tampa Bay Lightning haven't played in quite a few days, right? They're rested, they're getting healthier, and they're going to be able to use that energy if, hoping that they're not rusty. The flip side is that the Rangers have just been playing games. They just keep continuing to roll, but they've played 14 games now at this point. Does fatigue start to factor in if it ends up being a longer series? And that's why I, I think absolutely tomorrow night, the Rangers have to be strong. And what worries me about the Rangers, though, is they've had a few no-show games in the playoffs this year. And those could get ugly against Tampa Bay. This is a different animal. This is a much more offensively-minded uh, team with Tampa. And I think for the Rangers, too, and I'm sticking sticking really heavy on them here for reasons, because Panarin and Strom have to be better for them. They have not had the playoffs necessary to compete in the third round, if you ask me. And then you need somebody on the kid line to step up other than Heedle. Lafreniere, Capocaco, one of those two is going to have to be better. And uh, for Tampa, I think it's just a matter of making sure that they're not rusty from the start and sticking to their guns. Because even with Braden Point out of the lineup, Tyler, this is a team that that relies on their ethos, their system, their star power, everything in Tampa. And they believe. Yeah. And I mean, it'll be interesting. You mentioned it. You know, the Lightning haven't played in a while here and you're going to take on a Rangers team that's probably feeling on top of the world after a big road victory in a game seven. You're a guy who's been on playoff runs before, Mike. Is there one of those you preferred? Like where if you swept a team and you got a break, did you sit there and go, nice, 
chance to just kind of kick back, catch our breath and relax? Or did you like being in the rhythm of now we're just going to keep rolling like almost a team of destiny kind of vibe where we're playing every second night. We're just going to find a way to get it done. You know, I really liked having a couple of days off. I thought that was great. You know, you'd have a big volleyball match or do some grilling outside like we did in Texas the one year. But I think realistically, though, the best teams I was on were able to roll it. You know, I remember one series where uh, we played one night, bus next, play the next day in the second series, and we were done very fast with it. So um, I, I think it's probably better to play a little bit closer if you can, but it just comes down to mindset, comes down to systems. Uh, and if you're able to stick to it and get to your game the fastest. Series opens up at MSG and you mentioned it earlier, taking the words out of my mouth early in this series will be absolutely huge for the New York Rangers. That game or that series starts on Wednesday. Tonight, though, is the start of the Western Conference final out in Denver, Colorado. It's Nathan McKinnon in the Avalanche taking on Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. The season series between these two was actually pretty tight. It was the Avs winning two out of the three, but the Avs two wins both coming in extra time. Mike, let's do a little keys to victory here in the series for either side, starting with the Edmonton Oilers. What does Edmonton need to do to win this series? Well, Edmonton's got to stick to their game plan. And under Jay Woodcroft, to me, that's a hardworking team that's not afraid to play every line that they need to. Now, I know they've been heavy on McDavid and Dreisaitl with Dreisaitl having an ankle injury that he's been playing through. Uh, but I think it's really important for Edmonton to utilize their depth and play fast because you think about McLeod and Yamamoto, Fogel, like those guys have to skate. That's the depth of Edmonton. And you almost think that the top lines of these two clubs are going to cancel each other out between McDavid and McKinnon. So uh, if I'm Edmonton, I really want to feature heavy with Ryan Nugent Hopkins against McKinnon rather than McDavid against McKinnon when you're looking at matchups. And Edmonton has to compete, Tyler. There's no way around it that if they don't challenge Colorado for loose pucks all over the ice and win board battles and they're diligent about keeping things in the offensive zone, it's going to be tough for Edmonton Oilers because Colorado is so deep. Uh, and they've been getting scoring through their lineup. So um, those are things for Edmonton I look for, Tyler. And then if we go the other direction now and we go over to, to Colorado, I think the Kadri line is the key for them. They want to keep him against McDavid whenever you can. And I think this is where Jared Bednar is really going to play in the coach of the avalanche. He's got to push the right buttons in this series. Does he run Landeskog, McKinnon, Ranton now together often? Does he switch that up and put Landeskog with Kadri and Lekkonen to go up against the McDavid line? Those are things that I want to keep an eye on. I think that for Colorado, their defensemen have to be better than Edmonton's. They have to have more offensive input and beat them. They have to keep a third man high and not feed Edmonton's rush. But more than anything, Tyler... I think Darcy Kemper is going to be called upon in this series. He's going to have to steal a game. He's going to have to find a new gear because he has not been challenged yet very much through two series. Yeah, he hasn't had to face a ton of rubber through two rounds. And Edmonton is a team that can throw a lot of rubber at you when they really get rolling. Uh, my keys for either side for Edmonton, you kind of touched on it. It's getting those second and third lines rolling. If they're going to win the series, yes, they're going to need 97, 29, and even Evander Kane to kind of have their way and get their goals. But that won't be enough against a Colorado team that's very deep. You're going to need the McLeods, the Yamamotos to find a way to produce. And for Colorado, I, I really do think that second line with Kadri, if he can just, mm -hmm. you're not going to stop Connor McDavid, but slow him down. And, and that should be enough to propel them to victory. It will be fascinating to see how things play out here in game one of the Western Conference final tonight. We'll get back to the playoff talk in just a second. But for now, we're going to continue our down and out series by taking a look at the Washington Capitals. And it was a fairly disappointing season. 
for the Washington Capitals. Their lowest points per game as a team in the last eight seasons here. But they're heading into an offseason where they have almost $9 million in cap space. They have 13 forwards under contract, five D-men, but no goalies signed. Before they do anything, Mike, it's fair to say they need to get the goaltending figured out and make some decisions there. Yeah, and it's not just because Vanacek and Samsonov are pending free agents here, Tyler. It's because all season long there were question marks in goal. And Peter Laviolette, the head of the capital head coach of the Capitals, repeatedly said he's trying to find any level of consistency from his goaltending, somebody who he can trust. And for a lot of the year, that was Vitek Vanacek, and that's reflected in his regular season numbers, which are I'm really a little bit below average in the league, but he had moments where he was real strong. Now, I don't know what Vanacek's ceiling is in the NHL. I think he's a good 1B. I'm not sure he could be a full-blown starter. Samsonov has the potential to be that given his draft status, but I have a word on the street, man, is that Washington really wasn't happy with Samsonov and they don't know what they have there. And that's a bad place to be for a former first rounder at this age, like yeah. Sam Sonoff. And he did get to play in playoffs, but I just find there's so much inconsistency to his game. They've got to figure this out in Washington because I don't see them running both goaltenders back. And if I'm them, I'm trying to figure out the right mix. And then you look at the rest of the team, like you said, Tyler, you know, Backstrom's got made, Backstrom's got injury problems. Tom Wilson's out for a while. Hagelin as well. Uh, they're going to have to be able to plug those gaps for part of the season. But I think getting Mantha back helped them a lot last year. Um, defense are going to have to make decisions, though, right? Like Justin Schultz, do you bring him back? He's a pending UFA. Carlson is the only D signed through next season. So there's a crunch coming there, Tyler, that I suspect they'd want to get ahead of, especially with maybe Dmitry Orlov, or even let someone like a Lucas John- Johansson graduate from the American League first rounder at his best year in the A. So th- there's a lot to do, but I think it's mostly tweaking in Washington, Tyler, than it would be major overhaul. Yeah, and, and see, that's where I'm a little bit interested because I just look at the makeup of that team. And if I was in the front office of the Capitals, I'd be sitting there going, okay, The Rangers aren't getting worse next year. The Lightning are clearly showing no signs of slowing down at all. You know the Canes are hungry for a bounce back. And I'd look around and go, what are we going to do to get these other teams leveled? Because we clearly weren't there. They were the eighth seed. They didn't make it out of the first round, even though they look good against Florida. I I wonder if maybe they take a look at a core piece or two and say, all right, is that a spot where maybe we need to just freshen up the way we look and try to breathe some new life into this thing? Or like you said, Will it just be depth pieces? Will they just maybe touch up around the edges and hope that an Alex Ovechkin-led team can have a bit of a spark next season? It'll be really, really interesting to see how the next two months play on Washington. Yeah, and I think really once they figure out goaltending, that's going to matter. You know, if they can find a way to get somebody in with a little bit of clout in that crease, that could be the catalyst that they need. I think that was missing all year and it would give them a lot of confidence as a group. It will be interesting to see how things play out in Washington. For now, though, let's circle back to the playoff talk and get some goalie previews for the conference finals with another edition of the Blue Paint. As always, the Blue Paint is delivered by our friends at DoorDash and Mike. Two series, one gets going tonight. The goaltending matchups are each very fascinating for kind of different reasons. But let's start out West where it's Mike Smith going up against Darcy Kemper. What do you see with these two? Well, Mike Smith's been riding 
a pretty long hot streak at this point, Tyler, dating back to the regular season for me. And I think that he was a big reason why the Edmonton Oilers were able to turn the corner is that Smith got healthy, healthy and started to play really well. And you look at Smith's numbers throughout playoffs right now, and they're really solid, 9-2-7. And then you flip to last round against Calgary, though, and they did take a dip. Now, I want to point this out, though. I think part of those that dip was from a pretty disastrous game one where Smith got the hook in it. Um, but realistically, look at the amount of shots he's facing. Over 37 shots a game for Mike Smith. And you look at that 907 save percentage against Calgary. Well, he had a 3.4 goals against. He's facing that much rubber. So to me, that indicates that he's making big saves and able to close out games when he has to to get the win. And I've just been impressed by how he's handled adversity and his resiliency. He's bounced back after tough games in playoffs. Like he's the ultimate battler and his puck handling is a huge asset for Edmonton. It's something that Colorado is going to have to be good about. Colorado cannot let Mike Smith handle the puck outside of his crease. They're going to have to get him deep in his net and try to pick corners, get pucks moving. When you look over at Kemper and man, I just don't know where he is right now. He's been fine. Okay. Like his numbers are for the playoffs. They're fine. But last series against St. Louis, Tyler, he got beat clean on a couple of occasions. And I just wonder as a former goaltender, if Kemper couldn't find any rhythm, tracking pucks, getting to your place, beating the pass on time. That's hard to do when you're not seeing a lot of shots. It's easy to get complacent when you're watching the other goalie at the other end. So I actually think a, a, a game with a lot of shots to begin would be really good for Kemper. He's going to have to be good against rush chances on Edmonton. He's going to have to be active with his stick and tight to keep McDavid from utilizing the front or crease as a personal play area. And bottom line here, I said this last earlier, one of these two is going to have to steal a game before the series is over, Tyler. Yeah, it's going to be stealing games. And I also think there's the element of avoiding big mistakes. You think back to Darcy Kemper allowing that goal from Bozak in overtime. You think back to Mike Smith getting yanked in game one, allowing, as you put it, the field goal to Rasmus Anderson. And now the Oilers were able to overcome that mistake against Calgary in the second round. But will they be able to overcome those kind of mistakes if they happen against a team like Colorado? I, I, I'm just not so sure. So stealing games, one side of it. Also, just not being the goalie who makes that final mistake in a game could be big. Uh, out East, it is Kevin Woodley from Ingle Magazine described this matchup as, I think, goalie porn, Mike. Um, mm -hmm. Shesterkin versus Vasilevsky, <laughs> two of the best in the world. It's, it's a real treat. Well, Woody's right, and Woody's a good friend. And I, I've got a piece out now on Daily Faceoff that's previewing these two playoff matches. And this Shesterkin versus Vasilevsky matchup is everything we've hoped for in the goalie world. You've got the best money goaltender on earth, who's really the gold standard in Andre Vasilevsky, versus what's deemed as the young upstart in the league in Shesterkin, who was the best goalie during the regular season. Now, what's ironic to me is that Shesterkin's 26 years old, Vasilevsky's 27. So really, these two are right in that same ballpark. And Shishchurkin's a more mature goalie than people realize. He played three full seasons in the Continental Hockey League in Russia. This is his second year in the NHL. But what I find about Shishchurkin to be powerful heading into this round is that he's now won two straight game sevens. He knows that pressure. He knows what it took to get to the emotional level necessary to be invested enough to win games in the playoffs over here. And you look at how Shishchurkin's performed against the Lightning this year. He's been lights out. 3-0 against the Lightning, 9.58 save percentage in one shutout. To me, that says a lot about who he's going up against. Like, think about it, dude. If you're both from a country, if you're both from Russia and you're going against one another, there's bragging rights on the line. There's Olympics on the line down the road if, if we can ever get players back there. And I think that plays into Shishchurkin's game against Vasilevsky, who 
I mean, like, look at the accolades for Vasilevsky. Ten in a row potential elimination games he's won. One, an NHL record six shutouts during those. And I think for Vasilevsky, what's going to be challenging is that the Rangers are much better at getting traffic to the front of the net than Florida or Toronto were. And that's going to be the new challenge for Vasilevsky to manage that traffic, find lanes, find windows, because the Rangers can be opportunistic. They'll be good on the rush. This is a matchup. This is similar to Hart and Flurry last year, Tyler. That was great stuff. We're looking at it now, but this is a this is a matchup that could play out over the next decade. Shostjerkin versus Vasilevsky. Yeah, it's it's going to be unreal, and I think it goes back to a point you made earlier for the Rangers, at least. You need to start quick in this series. Those two games on home ice, I think you need to go out and kind of just even for your mental psyche, if you can beat Vasilevsky a few times and kind of say, okay, all this guy that everyone's hyping up is unbeatable. We found a way to get to him. We found a way to get a couple of wins because we know Tampa's good on home ice and we know Vasilevsky just gets better as series go on. So I think getting to him early, thats it sounds obvious, but that's going to be a big, big key for the Rangers. Yep, that's what I was mentioning before is that I just feel like if the Rangers can win those first two games in MSG, man, it's going to give them a way better chance because like you said, Vasilevsky only gets better as it goes. And I do think that that fatigue factor is real for the Rangers that, man, after two hard-fought series, you want to get up and try to get one going as quick as you can here against the Lightning. You don't want another seven-game series if you're if you're New York. Two goaltending matchups that are both equally interesting for a handful of different reasons. Fantastic insight as always, Mike. This has been another edition of the Blue Paint delivered by our friends at DoorDash. DFODD, DFODDUS are those promo codes. They get you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. Shout out to DoorDash. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. Send in your questions. Four teams are moving on. That means four teams are going home after the second round. The question is, which second round loser will be the busiest this summer, Mike? Oh, there's a couple you could look at, and I'd say Florida is going to need a bit of work. They need an entire line of forwards, but they're pretty stout in D and goal. So I'm looking squarely at the Calgary Flames. And I mean, they've got six forwards and three D under contract for next season. So GM Brad Tree Living has a lot of work to do and some big names. You've got Goudreau, Kachuk, Mangiapani, Shillington. They all need contracts. And then there's even more below. I mean, as your second grouping of players, you still have Good Branson and Zadorov that don't have a deal either. So um, I think there's a lot that needs to happen in Calgary. They do have cap space. They have about $27 million to work with Tyler, but that's going to go really fast when you're talking about Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk. Cause to me, I can't see that combination of those two players coming in at anything under $18 million. I just can't. And if that's the case, how much do you have left for Mangiapani and Shillington and those other people I named? It's going to be a tough task for tree living this summer. Yeah, it is. You mentioned it. You see 27 million and you're like, oh, that's that's a ton of space. You can get a lot done with that. Then you're right. If it's 10 to Goudreau, if it's eight to Kachuk, if, you know, Mangiapani who's coming off a 35 goal season, if he needs five or six million dollars and all of a sudden you're sitting there, you're going to be really pinching your pennies and you haven't touched your blue line yet. Uh, just a little behind the scenes here. My answers I had written down in my notes were Calgary or I'll say Florida if Mike says Calgary, but you took them both, Mike. So, uh, <laughs> oh man, I ruined it for you. But yeah, like, I mean, uh, look at no, Florida. They Florida will be interesting, too. right? Yeah. Like with Giroux yeah. and Sherratt, like 
two guys you paid a lot to bring in. Can you afford to, can you afford to keep those guys? Do you want to keep those guys? How disappointed are you from the sweep at Tampa? Do you feel the need to make a change? Huberto's eligible for an extension. Florida is just going to be a fascinating team to watch. I agree. And I think Giroux is a really interesting one. I mean, he was okay to going to Florida. He wanted to go there. That was his chosen spot. He's made a ton of cake in his career. He just wants to win. Like, would he take a bit of a discount to play somewhere he thinks really has a chance? Tyler, I think that's realistic. So those are always factors that sometimes we don't see when we're above the surface. And you get surprising deals sometimes. Like, look at Mark Giordano in Toronto. Two years at league minimum. That's what a steal for the Maple Leafs. But it's purely because the player wanted to be there. It's a great point on Drew, actually. I never even considered the possibility. You know, maybe he does just really want to win. Maybe he loves it in Florida. I mean, obviously, there's something to it as he chose to go there. Uh, a couple of teams, Calgary and Florida, that will be interesting to watch in the offseason. Moving along to our daily bet segment, the Western Conference Final gets going tonight. And I got a couple of plays starting with a series play. And if you take a look at the odds here to win this series in advance of the Stanley Cup final, it is the Colorado Avalanche coming in as heavy favorites at minus 270. The Oilers at plus 210, but it's actually a player prop I like in this series. And I hit it in round two. So I'm just rolling it over into round three here. Evander Kane over two and a half goals is set at minus 140. That's not a great payout by any means, but this guy has a hat trick in round one and a hat trick in round two. And he's the playoffs leading goal scorer. I just look at that and I go, Minus 140 for a guy who has two hat tricks already to just score three goals in the series as a whole. He can very easily do that in one game. He's got a bit of a thing for empty net goals as well as uh, the Oilers like throwing him on the ice late in games. I love Evander Kane over two and a half goals on the series at minus 140. Tonight, specifically with game one, it's interesting to note that the Oilers aren't actually as big of favorites as they are, or big of underdogs as they are on the series. Plus 210 to win the series, but only plus 165 to win tonight. Maybe some insight. The sports books think uh, maybe the Oilers have a shot to steal one here in game one. I also, you never know how public money kind of pushes these things, but I do have a player prop in this one that I like, and I'm going between the pipes. Mike Smith over 32 and a half saves is the spot I'm going with. The Colorado Avalanche have put up 34 plus shots on goal in eight of their 10 games so far in the playoffs. As long as Mike Smith you know, doesn't get yanked like he did in game one against Calgary, he's likely going to face a ton of rubber tonight. And while he didn't rack up the saves to this number that often against Calgary, just once in the five games in that series, I think the extra volume he could face from the avalanche tonight uh, it, it could propel this thing to hit the over 32 and a half at an almost even money payout is a good enough spot for me so i'm taking a vander kane over two and a half on the series mike smith over 32 and a half saves tonight mike i think he could be real busy in this series opener i think that's a really good pick and i've ridden that line before i remember i believe last series i had smith for one of those at plus 35 and sure enough he got it again the oilers are giving up over 37 shots per game to me that seems like easy money tyler easy money it's never actually that easy but in theory it feels like easy money right now uh moving along to garbage time mike i'm gonna handle this one and that rangers cane series at times i'll just come out and say it was kind of boring i found myself kind of going in and out and being like oh, okay it's another low scoring grinded out affair but one guy who kept me involved in that series was ray ferraro uh just mm. without a doubt the best color commentator in the game 
he's just so real. And sometimes, you know, you get to broadcasting at that level, it can sometimes sound too polished. That's not the case with Ray. You always know how he's feeling. You're always getting A plus insight. And I loved the moment yesterday where he's talking while the play's going on about, oh, if the Canes just get one here and then he stops and the Rangers score and you just hear Ferraro in the background go, never mind. Uh, it's just tr tremendous insight. I, I always, if Ferraro's on the broadcast, it's much watch TV for me. So I wanted to give some love to uh, the man who used to be called the little ball of hate. And now I guess maybe you'd call him what the little ball of excellent analysis. Yeah. Well, I'd call him somebody that I very much look up to. I mean, having done mm -hmm. ice level at least once, I mean, like raise somebody that you see as a gold standard, you know, him and Darren Pang and others that have done it for so long that are so good at it. Um, the level of insight that Ray gives in real time while capturing the emotion of it, like you said, the perfect timing of the Rangers goal and never mind, <laughs> that's pretty high level stuff. So um, he's fun to listen to, not just from the entertainment aspect from, but from people like myself who've been trying to learn that craft and occasionally do it. He's a great archetype. He's kind of like the Vasilevsky of, uh, of the broadcasting world. Yeah, it's an art form, and Ray is certainly one of the best at it. Uh, that's going to do it for another edition of the Daily Faceoff Show for Mike McKenna and our technical producer, Alex Allard. Enjoy Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals, and keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com. In the meantime, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.